We asked for showers mm -hmm. of blessing, and I know that he heard us, and we just want to thank him for the blessings that are on the way. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we bless you. We worship you. We give you glory, and we give you honor. Father, you are so good, and it is just a privilege to be able to call on your name. And Father, as we open up your word, I pray that you would speak clearly to us today. And Father, we promise that when all is said and done, we will give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory, for truly you are worthy. And it's in the worthy name of Jesus we pray, amen and amen. We are starting a series today, and we are talking about born identity, born identity, because when we are born in Christ, and for those of you who have not made that decision yet, I want you to know that being born in Christ and accepting Jesus the Christ as your Lord and Savior is indeed the very best decision you can ever make. There are some things that begin to jump off in your life that you will not experience until you let God have complete control. And the Bible says that if anyone be in Christ, then they become a new creature, that old stuff is passed away, and behold, all things become new. And so, once we give our lives to Christ, we have a new identity, a born identity. But what happens a lot of times is that we don't know who we are. So we're going to spend a little time talking about that, learning who we are. As we look at our text, I'll just read one verse uh, from Acts chapter 19. And I'll just read verse 15. It says, and an evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? Who are you? See, when people know who you are, then they treat you differently. I don't know if you all were watching the news yesterday, but I'm not going to name no names, but somebody's mother got in trouble yesterday. And one of the things, uh, she slapped a valet, and one of the things she said is, do you know who I am? She wanted the man to know that she wasn't just any old body. And when people know who you are, they treat you differently. Now, I'm sure there's another way to help people understand who you are. They ended up getting arrested and all of that. I was thinking about Henry Louis Gates. He is a Harvard professor, one of the most prolific living African-American scholars in this country. He lives in one of them big, beautiful houses in one of them nice neighborhoods. And he was outside of his house trying to get in and his key jammed. They called the police on him. They thought he was trying to break into this big, beautiful house. And so the police came and sent him to jail because they didn't know who he was. He was trying to communicate it to them, but 
they didn't know. And when people know who you are, they treat you differently. Even as this whole thing was going, another scholar from Harvard, he was uh, then on sabbatical studying at the Nobel Institute in Sweden, said the same thing happened to me when I was at Harvard. I mean, a foremost neurosurgeon, neuroscience, and he said he was on campus and they tried to arrest him. He fit the description of somebody who had robbed the Harvard Yard just a few minutes before. And so they came and were trying to arrest. When people know who you are, see, they didn't know who he was. They treat you differently. Now, if you think about all of the drama and all of the trouble that happens when people don't know who you are, imagine the damage and destruction that takes place when you don't know who you are. Now, if strangers can do all of that and they don't know you, they only with you for a couple seconds, an hour at the most. Imagine what can happen if you don't know who you are and you in your head all the time. Who are you? Because, see, when you don't know, you miss out on some stuff. You know, they say what you don't know don't hurt you. That's not the truth. What you don't know can hurt you bad because you miss out on some stuff. I remember I was flying somewhere, and um, the stewardess came, and she was like, oh, I am so sorry. And I'm looking like, what's wrong? She was like, oh, we did not know that you were on the plane. We are just so sorry. You were supposed to be in first class, and we already put it up in the, with all the other people. I didn't know I was supposed to be in first class. I didn't know I was special. She said, even though you're not sitting there, if there's anything you need, we're going to treat you like you're in first class, even though you have to sit in business class, and we are so sorry. And she was just going on and on or whatever, and I'm just sitting there like, okay. Apparently, I didn't know who I was. Because if I did, I would have went up to the front, the, the, the gate, like I'm ready for my seat exchange. And I would have been getting different things if I could. When you don't know who you are, you miss out on what is supposed to happen to you. So the question is, who are you? You know, when you get, you go in the store and then, you know, they're trying to sell you something, some food or whatever. And, and. And, and they have the nutrition facts. They tell you what this is. I mean, because it looks like a cookie. But it's really stuff and sugar. A whole bunch of stuff you can't pronounce. All kind of chemicals and colorings and all that stuff. And so they put a label on it. And society many times try to put a label on us. If we had labels... What are some of the labels that we would put on ourselves? Now, this one, uh, this is information and facts. So when somebody asks me my name, maybe I would say, my name is Andrea Trusty King, or, or maybe um, I am the wife to Kurt or the mother to Lauren and Jonathan. When I go to her school, they say, hi, Lauren's mom. That's who I am, Lauren's mom. Maybe some people would say, oh, you're not a little short one, or she ain't nothing but a Cleveland Browns fan. Some people have called me a tar baby. Some people have said all kinds of stuff, all kinds of labels. And if 
I choose, that can be who I am. However, my occupation, my, who I am in relationship with, my marital status, my denomination, none of those things tell who I am because any of those things can change. And at the end of the day, I'm going to still be me. So we have got to figure out who we are. And it's not just who we think, not, not just who we are, but it really has to do with who we think we are. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so, I don't mean no harm, and I'm not talking about nobody in here. But have you ever seen somebody who was not cute? They weren't. I mean, they probably had a really nice personality or other things, but they weren't cute. And I'm not talking about nobody in here. However, you could not tell them that they weren't cute. They carried themselves like they were the finest thing since forever. And after a while, people started believing it. You, you've never seen that? I, I've seen it. And then there are other people who are gorgeous. But for some reason or another, people have told them maybe they were jealous. They have told them all kind of stuff. And so they just think, I'm just ugly. I'm just this. I'm just that. They carry themselves all sloped down. Their, their heads are down. And it's not the truth, but it's what they think in their head. You all never met nobody like that? So it's not just even about who you are, but it is about who you think you are. And the thing about it is that we live consistently with what we believe about ourselves. And so if we believe the wrong thing, then a lot of times we live the wrong thing. Now I'm about to mess with y'all real, I'm about to mess with y'all. Because a lot of us, the first thing out of our mouth, when we say, "Who are we? I'm a sinner saved by grace. Do you know that the Bible doesn't usually refer to the people of God as sinners? I mean, after, when you start in Acts, like after Jesus rose again, the word sinner is only used 13 times in the Bible. And that, we're talking out of 35 books, only 13 times. What does the Bible say that the people of God are? Calls them saints. Now, see, don't nobody want to walk around and be like, I'm a saint. Because you don't want nobody to come to you like, no, you ain't, because I seen you the other day. We don't want to put that label on ourselves. We much rather say sinner. But I told you what you think about yourself. That's how you act. And a lot of us are all kind of messed up, but we're thinking, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just, you know, ain't that what everybody expects from me? Isn't that who I am? But the Bible says that we, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And Corinthians was like one of the worst churches that Paul wrote to. I mean, Paul was so mad at them because one of the church members was having an affair, I think it was like with his mother-in-law or something crazy. It was something real crazy. And he said, now y'all know, y'all need to quit. 
and he got on the church and everybody. This church just had a lot of mess going on. This whole book had all kind of stuff. He was telling them how to work this out and how to work that out because uh, the services was a mess. Uh, the people was coming for communion. They was only letting certain people in the communion and other people had to sit outside. I mean, they had some mess going on. Surely he should have said, y'all ain't nothing but a bunch of sinners. But how did he greet them? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. Now, mind you, their sainthood was not based on what they were doing. The Bible says they were called. It was a calling. There was a positional thing that took place. It wasn't that you have earned the title of being saint. It wasn't that you finally good enough that we can say this about you. But what he's saying is that the blood of Jesus is strong enough. The blood of Jesus is efficacious enough. The blood of Jesus can make saints out of sinners. Now, see, I told you all I'm messing with you. Because a lot of y'all are thinking like, oh, I don't know, this is a new gospel. I don't know about that. But this, six, over 60 times, the Bible calls the people of God saints. The Bible tells us there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 1. It said, since you've been justified by faith, you now have peace with God. Romans 5 verse 1. The Bible says that our God will sanctify us completely and preserve us blameless, our whole soul, spirit, and body. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 23. And verse 24 just messes me up. It makes me shout every time I hear it because it says, and he who called you to it is faithful and will also do it. So the God who called you a saint is faithful to make you a saint. But you've got to get the devil up out of your head calling you out your name. Hello, somebody. It's not what they call you, it's what you answer to. And isn't that what, didn't your mama tell you that? It's not what they call you, it's what you answer to. And so the Bible says that if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away and all things become new. So when you become a new creature, God then gives you a new identity. And so you don't have to be all of these kind of things, short and tar baby. And, 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 and all of the other kind of labels, you know, they don't just say she's a pastor. She's one of them women pastors. It's all kind of labels. But, but the Bible says that I become new in Christ. And so God gives me a new identity. And so now I am a child of God. That's who I am. I am accepted in the beloved. That is who I am. I am more than a conqueror. That's who I am. I am a saint. That is who I 
identity. I don't have to be the same person I was. Because remember, when people know who you are, they treat you differently. And when we read this story in the Word, we see that there were some men who were playing church. They could not confess Jesus the Christ, but the Bible says that they would say, I command you in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. So they didn't have a connection with him. And the demon said, you got to read it in the Greek. It says, now Jesus, I know. The word for that is gnosko, like I know him real good. The next one is Paul, I know, but that's episeo, and it says, I recognize him. I, I'm acquainted with Paul. But who are you? Now, the question, because they could not answer that question, the devil whooped up on them. Did you all hear what I said? Because they could not answer who they were, that left them open to deceit and defeat. And the enemy will step to each and every one of you. You ever been in church and you just want to praise the Lord, and then you hear something like, who are you to be standing up and blessing God? Ain't them the same hands that was doing such and such and such? Who are you to bring yourself to church? Aren't those the same raggedy feet that took you so and such and such a place? And when you don't have the proper answer, then you open yourself to let the enemy beat down on you. That's why we got to know what born identity is. So that when the enemy step, you all know that the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That means the enemy will run from you. You ain't got to go nowhere. He got to roll. That's what the word says, but we have got to live our identity. Because if you don't know it, then you'll be running all day long. Oh, he coming. Oh, help me, Jesus. I, you know, we are having a big Juneteenth celebration in June. June 19th, which is Juneteenth. And what Juneteenth is, it is the day we celebrate the, the emancipation of slaves. That's the day that slaves got free. Now, we had the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863, but it wasn't until June 19th, 1865, that a lot of the slaves found out they were free. So even though it was declared, and even though blood was shed, and even though this proclamation went forth, the slaves didn't know that they were free. So, and I'm trying to say this without getting emotional because I wanted to know, was it really 1865 that the last slave was free? Because that's what we, that's what we were taught. I 
read this article in People Magazine, March 26, 2007. The last slave that we know of was freed in 1961. When I read the story, I cried. She said that she did not, her whole family for generations, they did not know that black people were free. They were in Mississippi. They were beaten. They were chained. She was raped. She could not have kids. To this day, she, um, she adopted four children, and she never told them because once she found out, they felt really stupid because it was like they heard about freedom, but they only thought it was for white people. And so they served and served. They were not fed. They were not clothed. No electricity. No running water. Nothing. 1961. And finally, it was the Wall family, May Walls. She said, finally, she said she just had to run away until she, she couldn't take it no more. She didn't care if it killed her. She had to go. And she ran away and never came back. And so the plantation owner kicked the whole family off the plantation. So then they were homeless and all this kind of stuff. And so she got a job, and she kept expecting white people to be real mean or to beat her in case something went wrong. And she said she was just taken aback that everybody was so nice. 1961, almost 100 years later. If you don't know who you are, it could lead to bondage. Keep you in so much bondage. And the thing about it is she was free. She could have, the, the reason that they even found her story is because a lawyer was looking for different slave families and what not to do reparations. And that's when they found her and it got into the media. She was free and is owed lots of money, but she never knew it. And as sorry as we can feel for her, imagine ourselves. Imagine how many nights we cry ourselves to sleep, thinking we are in so much bondage to this habit and this addiction. Imagine how much we, we, we beat ourselves up and how we stay in so much depression, not knowing that Christ has made us free. And if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now, I just got to tell you, the enemy, when he comes in, he always going to mess with your identity. That's what he did with Adam and Eve. The Bible says, in the literal Hebrew, you know, we often say God made us a little lower than the angels. That word really is God. So it, the Bible in the literal Hebrew said, but the translators was like, no, nah, we don't need people to be thinking that they like God. So let's take this down a little bit. The literal thing says that we were made a little lower than God. The Bible says that we were made in the very likeness of God. Now, my son is made in the very likeness of his daddy. And you all have seen that. You'll be like, boy, if your husband didn't spit that boy out, they look just alike. I can imagine that when he grows up, you all might be confused. Like, it's, that's how it was with Adam and God because 
were made in the, in the same likeness, in his image. And then God gave him dominion, and God gave him creative power. He could create these humans. He was like God. Now watch this. Here come the snake eating the fruit, talking about crunch, crunch, crunch. If you eat this, you'll be like God. Y'all got to read it? Okay, turn to Genesis chapter 3. Verse 5, for God knows, okay, verse 4, and the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God. Now, I told you, they were already like God, right? But they did not know who they were. And so many times, we spent our lives trying to attain to something we already had. They lost everything trying to get what they already had. The Bible tells us they were already like God, and they lost all of that because they were confused, did not know who they were trying to be like God. They lost their connection with God, their robe of light. They became straight humans. And how many times do we spend our life trying to be a saint? I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying to get in the kingdom. I'm just, I just pray that, you know, when my name come up, that I'll be ready. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. This is eternal life, that they may know me. The Bible says that once you're mine, my sheep know my And it says that nobody can pluck them out of my hands. God said, I am the one who keeps you from falling. He said that he who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God wants you in glory more than you want to be there. And you are sitting here trying to work this thing out and work this thing out. And God already said, I who called you to it and faithful is faithful and will also do it. But you've got to know that. And if you don't know that, then you're going to spend your life working at stuff you already have. If you don't know that, the enemy can come in and keep you in bondage to sin, to addiction, to depression, to legalism. And God wants to free you. I'm not preaching long today because all I really want us to know is that it's very necessary for us to figure out who we are in Christ. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to start unpacking that. The Russian Proverbs say there is no shame in not knowing. The shame is in not finding out. And so, yeah, we may not know right now, but it would be a shame if you didn't find out. And I'm not saying you even have to wait till 
next week for the next installment. Get in your word and see what God is saying. If you don't know where to start, start in Ephesians. That's a good place where the God just begins saying what he purpose he has for his people and his church. That's where it lets you know that you are saved by grace through faith and not by works, lest anyone will boast. That's where he says that we're seated in heavenly places. That's where he says that we have every spiritual blessing. Yay, God! So, I mean, you can just start in Ephesians. But God has called us. So many wonderful things declared it over our lives. And he wants us to walk in our new identity, our born identity. And when people know who you are, they'll treat you differently. When you walk in the power that God has given you, even the devil will flee from you. When you walk from in the power that God has given you, Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, he said that he had given us authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. Born identity. So let's get in the word and see who we are in Christ. Forget the deceit. Forget the defeat. We are living in victory. We are more than conquerors. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The Bible says he always causes us to triumph. So God's got victory in store for us. Amen? Right now we're going to have a meditational song slash video. And then I'm going to come back really quickly for our... Seeing the pain was a plan. Looking back now, Lord, I can say thank you. Now let me tell you who I am. Come to me too, I am a sin. Born into sin and shaped in iniquity. Now I believe, not who I was, but still not what I shall be. You found me and gave me your name, and things I desired have changed, but inside you'll see it's still broken pieces, deep in me reaches for you, how do we do, I am a beggar, that means I'm desperate for more, I hunger for your truth, see I am shattered. Though I may fall, still you make all things new. You speak the story, no ways, and God is the way of mistakes. And though I still feel you continue to heal the cost and see. I am forgiven and loved. I am healed. 
by your blood. Father, Lord, I just praise you. I thank you, God. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your love. I thank you for cleansing us and changing us, oh God. I thank you that you are the God who, even though we've made mistakes, can wash them away, can start us over and allow us to experience your new life. 
Heavenly Father, there are some people in here who have not accepted you as their Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that you would speak to them right now. Allow them, oh God, to make a decision for you so that they can experience a new identity, a born-again identity. And Heavenly Father, there are many of us who've been born again, but we have been living defeated lives. And in the name of Jesus, we declare and decree no more. Father, we want to walk in the identity that you have given us. Make it so. And Father, we promise we'll give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. For it is in the worthy name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen.